It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writer Share Podcast with your host, dark urban fantasy author, Holly Lyne. Hello and welcome to episode number 57 of the Great Writers Share podcast, a podcast where every week we hijack an hour or so of time from some of the kindest and hardest working writers around today to join us on the show and discuss everything that makes them tick, roar and bounce. My name's Holly Line and it's the 8th of October as of recording. So let's dive right into my personal update. I am in the middle of the biggest and most stressful project of my entire life. Um, For some reason I decided it was a good idea to rapid release four books in eight weeks. Um, So books one and two are out, um, or will be out when you hear this, and three and four are coming over the next few weeks. It's been insane, it's been a whirlwind, it's been intense, it's taken far more work than I was expecting. Um, But it's been amazing and... I'm sure when it's all over, I'll be really glad I did it. (laughs) So um, this month I am doing all of that. I am getting myself organised with podcasts and promotions. I'm about to do Brian Cohen's free ads challenge for the third time. Uh, This is basically to kickstart some fresh momentum into my advertising on Amazon. And I'm basically clearing my schedule ready for NaNoWriMo in November. Um, I I have a book I really need to finish, uh, so I'm going to be using Nano to help me uh, get through that as well. And by the way, our very own Dan is running a boot camp during NaNoWriMo, and I've signed up. Uh, so if you want to join us for some community... Uh, writing sprints and motivational messages from our wonderful Daniel, you can do so at danielwilcox.com forward slash bootcamp. I highly recommend it. I think it's going to be a blast. So our question of the week. Thank you so much to everyone who answered my question as posted on Patreon and Facebook. And it was, do you enjoy formatting your books? We had some um, entirely predictable responses in our Slack group for patrons. Uh, Faye said, no, I'm dreading that part. She hasn't even finished the book yet. She's already dreading the formatting. So, yeah. Um, Meg says, uh, can I say this? I'm sure I can say this. Uh, Fuck no. Bane of my life. Uh, Vehement dislike. Can you tell? Yanni said, I enjoyed learning how to format properly, but not the actual task. No. Dan himself says, I love formatting. Caveat, when I have the time. Most of the time, I don't. Uh, And Yanni added as well, she always feels like she's missed something or overlooked something that needed changing. Yes. 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 And more yes. That is the big reason why my big relaunch project has been so stressful is even though I have outsourced the formatting to today's guest, um, it's been... There's just always another error. <laughs> My review team are finding errors and there's always something that needs changing and it's a never-ending task. It's one of those things 
that will just go on forever. And there comes a point where you just have to draw a line under it and say, no, do you know what? That's good enough. So uh, that brings me on to today's guest. I am speaking to Julia Scott. She is a fantasy and sci-fi author and professional book formatter and author logo designer extraordinaire. She's amazing. Um, We talked about her experience writing her debut novel, The Mirror Souls, and how different it's been writing the sequel. We talked about formatting books and the top mistakes that new authors make, and also what it was like to produce the audiobook of The Mirror Souls. But before we get into the interview, I wanted to remind you about our Patreon community over at patreon.com forward slash greatwritersshare, where for as little as $1 a month, you can get involved in our behind-the-scenes group, benefiting from early ad-free access to episodes of the show, our private Slack channel, ask upcoming guests any of your questions, and get involved in our monthly giveaway. So if you like the idea of upping your author career and getting all of that good stuff, Then one more time, that's patreon.com forward slash great writers share. And now, without any further ado, let's dive into the interview with the one and only Julia Scott. Julia Scott is a British author whose goal is to take you out of regular life and teleport you to new worlds and alternate futures through her writing. The Mirror Souls is her debut novel, and like many sci-fi and fantasy books, it started off as a dream. In her other life, Julia lives in Essex, England, with her husband and two children. She spends her time mumming, writing, prettifying books via Even Star Books, graphic designing, singing, and digging or planting stuff up in the garden without really knowing what she's doing. Welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Okay, so tell us a bit about how you came to being a writer. <laughs> oh, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, I get I get asked this a lot. Everyone asks this, this of writers, don't they? Like, mm. how did you get into writing? Um, and so many people have the answer of, oh, I've always wanted to be a writer since I was two years old, you know? And it's like, uh, that was never me. I never wanted to be a writer. Um, it was not my big dream, uh, which makes me feel like a fraud sometimes, <laughs> but I try not to feel like that. Um, but I just, I came up with the idea for The Mirror Souls, which is my debut novel, and... Um, yeah, like you just said, it came to me in a dream and I thought, oh, that would make a great movie. And I thought that would make a really great book, actually. And I told a friend of mine and she said, oh, you should write it. And so I spent a year kind of making notes and thinking, you know, writing little bits here and there. And then I heard about um, NaNoWriMo, which I've never heard of before. Um, and so NaNoWriMo 2018, I decided to write The Mirror Souls. And I did I did 50,000 words in 20 days. And I was like, oh, I can actually do this. <laughs> um and then I thought, well, I've spent all this time writing it. I might as well publish it. So I kind of did all my research and thought, yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh. that's, that's that. <laughs> it's a brief history. <laughs> it is. Well, I'm sure there's a lot more to it. Um, so for, <laughs> what were you doing before? What was your career? Um, I was a stay-at-home mum, mostly kind of dabbling in various businesses, various network marketing opportunities and I did some graphic design um before I had my children I worked for the fire service um doing 
uh, data analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and before that, I was at university studying for a geography degree. <laughs> so it's um, I don't really have kind of the the setup for becoming a writer, but you know, here we are. Yeah, I don't think there's any one route like we're all so unique and every time I speak to someone it is a different story so yeah and I think that's what's great about writers is because it you know if everyone had the same life and did the same degree and and did the same things and then wrote stories you wouldn't get the diversity that you have in stories exactly we all we all take from our experience of life so yeah yeah um but that's that's why I love to write about different locations and I love the whole world building aspect because of my geography degree. Mm. I love the natural world. So I love to kind of throw that into my books. Yeah. Well, I am a big fan of the Mirasols. Um, it's actually, (laughs) you're welcome. I actually created a spread in my bullet journal this week, which was my 20 favorite books and yours was on there. Just, Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. (laughs) So yeah, there's obviously, the environment and the planet is a you know central part of the sort of the backstory of that um yes without spoilers um (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah you have obviously a a keen interest in sort of the environment and I guess conservation um I'm just wondering where that came from yeah I suppose that comes from doing my geography degree and just my love of landscape really um and seeing that the damage that we're doing to it um you know all these the plastics in the oceans and mm. just people not really giving a crap and just trashing the place um all the pollution all of that all of that um and i thought you know what what would it take to get our world to heal itself um and you know the premise behind the mirror souls is that it would take an alien race taking the planet back and you know fixing it for us ultimately because uh we're not very good custodians of our planet, I don't think, at the moment, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where that came from. Mm. But maybe there are aliens who can come help. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. That's quite a bleak view of humanity. Is that, is that typically how you view people? Not all people. <laughs> but <laughs> if we look at the way the planet is going... Um, there's much more of a priority on money and power than there is on, you know, the planet, Mm. Um, which is, which is a real shame, but there are, I know there are people out there who care deeply. Mm. Um, You know, that, that young teenage kid, I can't remember what country he's from, but he created this uh, machine that cleans the oceans out of plastic. And it's it's amazing that he took all his time to do that. So no, I know there are people who care. Mm but it's it's not the people who are in power who the who are the ones who care and that's the trouble yeah so power is quite an important theme i'd say in the book as well of you know i guess the the power that is exerted over the people and people's personal power and their ability to make choices for themselves and is that something that um that you value quite a lot oh absolutely because you know um, I know you'll you'll relate to this. It all comes down to freedom. Um, it's everyone wants to be free. No one wants to be captive um, in any kind of way, physically or emotionally or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> okay, I'm fine. <laughs> and um, yeah, everyone wants to be free. 
but there are so many ways in which we're not free. Um, and especially at the moment with, with all the stuff that's going on mm-hmm. around the world at the moment, it's, it's very tricky because not many people do feel free. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there something, do you think, unique about fantasy and sci-fi that gives you the freedom to explore themes like that? Um, I think so. I think the thing with books is that you can kind of claim the freedom that you can't necessarily in real life. You know, you can give your characters that chance to fight back. And um, sci-fi and dystopian are very often, you know, a character or a group of characters fighting the man, you know, mm. the the corporation or the government. Um, and I think we probably all feel a bit like that in real life. Um, maybe whether we realise it or not, if it's a subconscious thing, but, mm. you know, we are, we are controlled in lots of different ways. So it's, yeah, I think um, novel writing is a way to go, well, you can fight back. <laughs> it's not always that easy in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would you say the balance is between sort of the catharsis of writing that kind of control, um, but also maybe wanting to inspire action in readers as well? Like, does that factor into it for you? Um, I suppose it does. I would I I guess I'm not the kind of person who's a leader and wants to tell people you know go fight for your rights <clears throat> and I'm not necessarily the kind of person to go to big protests and things like that but um I I'd, I'd love to inspire people not to just lay down and take it you know lay down and take things and everyone has um a line that will be crossed as to where they think, okay, that's enough. You're taking too much of my freedoms now. Mm. Um, again, that's being seen, you know, around the world at the moment with the control the governments are putting in, Mm. um, because of, of the health situation around the world. So, um, yeah, I do, I would want to inspire people, especially young people that you don't just have to put up with stuff that really doesn't feel right deep down inside. Hmm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean against the government. It might mean against someone who's not being kind to you or hmm. is putting you in situations you don't want to be in. Um, so writing characters who stand up for themselves and ultimately win, you know, I'd want that to be a positive message to give to people. Hmm. So you, um, you have a strong romantic plot. How important was it for you to to balance the love story with everything else because I know you don't describe it as a romance novel so yeah how do you I don't but then I've I've had people reading it and say oh I didn't realize it was a romance and I'm like whoops (laughs) 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 like it kind of is and and that's the premise of the book is you know uh no see how do you talk about this without giving away the whole story Mm. um the the romance is integral to the power that you know and the freedom that they're trying to gain um and my my message in that is to say that love is a very powerful thing um and it can empower you and it you know it can bring freedom um so that's kind of the message behind that and um yeah I went into it knowing it would be a love story um but I also 
didn't want it to just be a romance. I didn't want it to just um, orbit around that. I wanted it to be something else. So mm. hopefully I've accomplished that. Yeah, it's it definitely feels like the world is bigger than just the people involved in the romance. It's, you know, yeah. more going on and there's a lot more at stake than just, you know, a heart and whether it gets broken or not. Yes, and the the second book does get more complicated. <laughs> mm. So the romance I, and the rest of it. <laughs> ah, so you've brought up the second book. <laughs> so, yes. um, I'm not going to ask you to commit to a release date or anything scary like that, but um, <laughs> obviously you know you have a lot of fans who are waiting very impatiently. <laughs> yes, they are very impatient. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, so yeah, how... How is it? How different has it been writing the second book compared? Oh to the my first? god, it has been so much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is to do with personal circumstance. So, um, when I wrote the Mirror Souls, my children—I've got two children who are uh, oh my goodness, how old are they? Uh, nine and almost eleven. Um, they were in school, and so you know, I'd write while they were at school and when they were asleep. Um, but then I took them out to home educate them. So <laughs> I, I kind of thought, you know, once I published the mirror souls, I get the second book out fairly quickly because I published the mirror. Well, I wrote and published the mirror souls in a five month, uh, time, um, which was pretty quick. I've been told. <laughs> mm. Um, and I thought I can do that again, but I could, I couldn't do it again. It is so much harder when there are kids mm-hmm. needing your attention 24 7 um and then I put them back into school and then the coronavirus stuff happened and mm-hmm. so they came out of school <laughs> it's just been this this whole big thing but aside from my personal circumstance the second book is so much harder because um you've set yourself a standard mm-hmm. with your first book that people are going to expect going forward um, and that's terrifying for some reason for me, <laughs> um, because my biggest fear is what if people say, oh, it wasn't as good as the first book. That's mm-hmm. like my biggest, my worst nightmare, my biggest fear. Um, and it makes it so much harder to get into the creative headspace when you have doubts like that filling your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been harder. And then of course you have to make sure you're keeping everything consistent. So when you mention the color of someone's hair, you're like, Oh crap, I can't remember if I made her blonde or not. And this is where you should be writing these things down. (laughs) I didn't write these things down because I'm a newbie. (laughs) (laughs) It's a steep learning curve for everybody. (laughs) Oh, it is. It's a challenge. And like, I've cursed myself so many times saying, why did I start with a trilogy for my first thing I've ever written? Why a trilogy? But it's getting there. Yeah. It is getting there. That's good. And has it been uh, different in terms of how much planning you are doing or, um, you know, any tools that you use or has it been much the same as for the first book? No, it's actually been quite different. Um, I, I was a pantster. That's the right word, right? <laughs> I was a pantster for the first book. Um, I just winged it. Um, I was thankful for my editor and getting the developmental edit done because she helped pull the loose threads together. Mm. Um, but for this second book, I've definitely had to plot it better. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been using um, a tool called Plotter, which is P-L-O-T-T-R, mm. um, which was a software I found that was uh, fairly inexpensive, um, but it's been really helpful actually, especially because uh, my second book is going to be from two characters' point of view. So it's been helpful to kind of have something where I can drag and drop the chapters around, like, oh, you know, that needs, needs mm. to come later. Or, um, so, yeah, I've definitely plotted this one more. Mm-hmm. That's probably why it's taken more time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do like to write with, you know, go with the flow. And, and it has changed as I've been writing. It hasn't been a very um, solid plot. It's been quite a loose one, but mm-hmm. it has helped. Yeah. Okay. Hello, this is John Grills from Creepy. Want to see something scary? Shudder is the ultimate streaming service for fans of horror, thrillers, and the supernatural. Brought to you by AMC Networks. Shudder is a premium streaming service that promises its members a multi-sensory dive into fantastical worlds. All uncut and commercial-free. Discover films and series that cover the entire horror spectrum, including highly anticipated new releases like The Boy Behind the Door and one of my new favorite movies, Psycho Gorman. Available ad-free, on-demand, and through the platforms you're already on. Shudder. So good, it's scary. Sign up at Shudder.com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R. If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, Try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. So... Um, I want to move on to talk about the other side of your business, which um, I think these days it's becoming more and more common for writers to have multiple streams of income. Um, And you you somehow have a gift um, for formatting books in a way that makes them just stunning to look at oh, and thanks. reading them to be a real experience you know like yeah um, and so yeah so that's that's another thing that you do and I just wanted to ask how you like how did you discover that you could do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I've been prettifying documents my whole life um I you know since university and having to make a a good looking dissertation and um I got into graphic design when I was a stay-at-home mum um doing logos for people for um for small businesses who couldn't afford really expensive logos I used to do things like that um and it's it was just more like a bit of fun really um and then when I came to publishing my own book I looked at you know how uh, what I needed to outsource to get my book ready for publication. And obviously I, I can't edit the book myself. I needed an editor. Um, I needed a cover designer, although <laughs> I did try to design my own cover and it was terrible. So <laughs> I'm so glad I uh, got an actual professional to do that. Um, and then I looked at the formatting and I thought, yeah, I can do that. And it was, <laughs> it was such 
a learning curve. I swear I was going to throw my computer out the window at one point. Um, but I just kept, I just kept at it. Um, and I showed some other authors, um, my book, um, you know, what it was going to look like inside. And they're like, Oh my goodness, that looks great. So yeah, I started off with my own book and then, um, one of my author friends said to me, Oh, you're obviously good at formatting. Can you help me? I've got some problems with mine. Um, and so I helped her out and then she was like, thank you so much. Can you format my next book for me? And I said, only if you pay me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, the rest is history. I thought, well, I can, I can make a bit of money on the side doing this, which helps other people out as well as making some money for myself that can go towards publishing the next book. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's how even star books was born. Mm. So I, cause the thing is I cannot relate <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to this because I find formatting is like my nightmare, you know, the nightmare <laughs> part of the job for me that was yeah. the first, well, not the first thing outsourced, there's, you know, cover and, and editing were first, but, in terms of other general sort of publishing tasks that most authors do start off doing themselves, that was like, no, as soon as I was able to afford it, it was like, nope, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> um, but you seem to enjoy it, except for making the EPUBs, because for some reason... Oh my God, EPUBs. They're a nightmare. Hate me. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> you, generally you enjoy the, the process and... Yeah, I'm just, I'm intrigued. I, yeah, I really like um, taking someone's story and kind of making it come to life a little bit more mm. um, with a book. And I'm because I know as an author how it feels to hold your book in your hand for the first time, I go, oh my goodness, my book. Um, I know that I want other authors to have that feeling to open their book and go, oh, wow, doesn't it look amazing? Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I don't know. I'm a bit of a nerd, really. So tech has always come easy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been making websites since I was 13 years old because I'm I'm a bit sad. <laughs> but <laughs> my first website was an ABBA tribute website. Oh that's my god, I piece, love it. that's that's a piece of information I haven't told many people. Now everyone knows. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no formatting. I just um. Yeah, I just want to make books pretty. I mean, books have to look pretty on the outside. And, you know, mm-hmm. they always say don't judge a book by its cover, but we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want people to open the book and go wow at the inside as well so that it's yeah. a complete experience. Um, mm-hmm. And not just about the prettiness factor. It's also about making uh, improving the readability. Yeah, Because I have come across books where it is just impossible to read them because of the way they're set out. Um, and they are, um, very small errors that are so easily avoided. Um, and that's one reason I'm going to be doing the book formatting course as well, because I want mm-hmm. to teach authors who can't necessarily afford to keep paying a formatter. I want to teach them how to do it and how to avoid those pitfalls. Mm. So what are a couple of the common pitfalls that you see? Um, one is, uh, leaving gaps in in between paragraphs, um, mm-hmm. so there shouldn't be a gap in between paragraphs ever, not even in an ebook, um, because it's the same with a full stop. When when you see a full stop, your mind stops 
you know what I mean? It stops mm. at the end of that sentence and it pauses. Um, and it's the same at the end of a paragraph. Uh, if there's if there's a gap after that paragraph, your mind kind of does this big pause and then you're reading another paragraph and then another big pause and you're reading this paragraph. And it, it's not the way um, a book should flow. Um, and I'd always recommend if you are formatting your book yourself, look through um, other published books, whether indie or traditional, to see how they are done. Mm. Uh, to find you know the way that they should be done um, and the other error is some people do not justify their text so uh, text in a book should line up on the left and it should line up on the right so some people forget that and will let it line up just on the left and it is incredibly distracting mm-hmm. makes it so difficult to read yep. which is a shame <laughs> but so easily avoided yeah yeah I accidentally did that actually with one of my books and not even my first book this is the worst thing um so (laughs) yeah uh in my series of four the fourth book I it I published it in a bit of a weird flurry because it was post car crash and just weird but so yeah yeah so I just put the ebook out and I didn't put it out in print but it was the last book in the series and I wanted a print copy for myself and my mum wanted one, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I just really hurriedly made a print PDF just to like put it up so I could just get a couple of copies like for me. And it was only yeah. after like getting a copy and opening it. In fact, it was my mum. I didn't even notice. My mum was like, why didn't you justify the text? And I was like, because I forgot. Um, oh. <laughs> oh no yeah so there may be I mean there's probably only half a dozen copies out there in the wild so it's not disastrous but yeah <laughs> it doesn't look good <laughs> yeah I mean it's an easy mistake to make especially if you don't know much about I mean you don't have any excuse because you'd already published books but, <laughs> <laughs> but other people who are doing this for the first time it's you know it's a very easy mistake to make mm. um but yeah yeah we live and learn we do yeah so um yeah I know balancing writing and formatting can be a challenge um so challenge yeah how how do you do you (laughs) manage to (laughs) know I don't (laughs) that's that's the answer to that question no I do not balance Mm. no because it's not just writing and formatting is it it's writing Mm. and formatting and being a mum and uh looking after a house and looking after a garden without really knowing what I'm doing and (laughs) um all of the life stuff and self-care on top of that um Mm. and socializing although we don't get to do much of that recently um Mm. you know it's balancing everything it's really hard um I'm having to slow down the formatting I'm doing at the moment so that I can get my book written Mm. um and I think the, the trouble with me personally is I'm an all or nothing kind of person. So if I'm writing a book like the way I wrote The Mirror Souls, I just threw myself at it. That's how I did it so quickly. Um, all of my evenings were spent doing this book um, and my daytimes. I would just, <laughs> I kind of hammer a project. And, and that's the way the book comes out properly because if I do it over such a long period of time, it comes out, um, you know, it doesn't have much of a flow to mm. it um whereas if I do it all in one go and just go blah, 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 blah it comes out hopefully <laughs> with some kind of flow so yeah it's 
that's probably another reason why the second book's taken so long to get done because of the formatting mm. and taking up time. But that's that's life. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how I'll balance it going forward. We will see. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult when you're you've built yourself a reliance on on a stream of income to mm. yeah yeah what do you do do you sacrifice that or do you yeah it's it's a very it, difficult it might, choice. yeah it, it might be a case of having months where I just write mm. and then having months where I can take on formatting clients but mm. I don't know someone suggested that to me but who knows <laughs> but you're creating a course so yeah tell me a little bit about that um so it's called the book formatting formula um and it will just be um my idea was to put templates together for people um for microsoft word and adobe indesign um where everything is all set up already and all you have to do is open the template and i'll have some instructional videos on showing authors how to put their words into these templates and produce um you know a pdf document that can be uploaded to kdp or ingram spark or wherever um so yeah i just uh i just wanted to give some people some information on you know like we were talking about before the pitfalls mm-hmm. to avoid um and how to make your book look pretty <laughs> without it costing too much money yeah um and it does frustrate me because there are people out there who will say oh you should never format um a novel in microsoft word and i'm like well i did it <laughs> so what well, so if you were to look at, you know, uh, the copy of my book, I mean, you've got one, haven't you? Yeah. That was formatted in Microsoft Word. Mm. Would you would you look at it and say, oh, that's, you know, a bit... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I would never know. I would, <laughs> you know, once it's once it's become an ebook or a print book, you can't tell how it was formatted anyway. So it doesn't matter. No, exactly. I mean, to a very trained eye, someone would be able to go that was done in word for this reason or, or whatever but to the to the regular reader they're not going to care um mm. it still looks professional it's printed very well um i'm completely happy with it so yeah i i do think yeah that's the reason i want to do the course especially because most people have access to some kind of word processor um it's doable i just want people to know it's doable it's affordable let me show you how so that you know, because indie authors especially won't just write one book and done. They'll write several because that's the only way you can make decent money from it, really. Yeah. Um, and it can get quite costly um, getting your books format, you know, lots and lots of books formatted. So mm. um, I just wanted to pass on the information, really. Yeah. Pass on the skill. <laughs> yeah. Do you see the course as perhaps being a more passive form of income than directly doing the formatting that might yeah that free up your yeah. time that mm. is part of it yeah but I know there are going to be people who are still like no I still don't want to format it myself please do it for me <laughs> <laughs> Holly's laughing because she's one of those people yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah well by the end of this year <laughs> you'll have formatted six books for me so I think that kind of says it all <laughs> is it six really yeah it will yeah, be six is, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it will be <laughs> yeah oh my god if, assuming I can actually get this new book written but that's a whole other yeah no it, it'd be fine <laughs> um yeah 
I'm having similar issue to you just that it's dragged on quite a while and so it's kind of come in bits and pieces and fits and yeah. spurts and it's a bit how am I going to pull this together but anyway and to be honest to be honest Holly it has been a very difficult year it for has. everybody yeah and so don't beat yourself up too much because no. yeah if we do manage to pull off publishing by the end of the year which is what I'm hoping for my second book Mm. <laughs> which is a, a big ask of myself but you know if we do manage it we deserve a huge pat on the back yeah this yeah. year sucks i'll get you a medal if you get me one only if it's made of chocolate <laughs> <laughs> all right deal <laughs> send you a big chocolate bar <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so um talk to me as well about the audiobook because that's that's happened um, that happened. Yeah. How was that process of going about getting an audiobook done? Um, yeah, easier than I thought. I kind of just threw myself into it, really, like I do with most things. Just I throw myself into these things and think, I'll figure it out. I watched a lot of YouTube videos, um, a lot, read a lot of blogs, trying to get your head around the whole royalty share or pay a, pay a narrator up front. That whole thing was a bit complex. Um, Ultimately, I decided to pay uh, a narrator up front so that I didn't have to share my royalties. I don't like sharing. It's not my style. <laughs> um, but of course, that, that makes it more costly. And I was able to do that with um, income I'd made from formatting. Um, so I went through ACX. I put up um, an audition piece. So you take sections of your book that are different characters and then people will audition for your book. And you know, I, I chucked it on there thinking, oh, I bet no one will leave an audition. But, you know, within, you know, a day, I was getting auditions coming through and I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm. Um, one narrator who auditioned got everything wrong. <laughs> she called it the mirror of souls. And um, she called Genevieve Guinevere. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm like, what? It doesn't even say that. Um, but yeah, then I came across um, Daisy Fair, who is my narrator. I picked her. Um, she's new to the um, audio bit, uh, audiobook narrating scene. So she was fairly um, inexpensive. So that was good. <laughs> so yeah, it just it all just kind of came together, really. And it took a month to kind of go through its review process after she'd uploaded everything. And um, it's, it's actually, it's very motivating to listen to your own book being read to you by someone else. Mm. And that's really what pushed me to write book two. Um, <laughs> because obviously I had to listen to it to, to approve every chapter um, yeah. before it went through for review on um, ACX, which is Amazon's um, audiobook thing, by the way, yeah. um, in case people didn't know that. Um, but yeah, listening to someone else reading out your book is so surreal. Um, and yeah, and it's incredibly motivating because it's like, Hey, I wrote this. I better write some more. <laughs> <laughs> and when you hear someone talking like your characters, it kind of gets you back into their head again. Mm. So, so yeah, that was helpful. Um, but yeah, it's, it was, it was on sale on the 4th of September and it's doing well so far. I'm I'm quite excited with the fact that sales are popping up, and it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> considering I haven't marketed it aside from uh, social media, so yeah. yeah, that's excellent. Congratulations! Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the big question, which is, why do you write? 
I write because it's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, some people will say because the voices in my head won't leave me alone. No, I do it because it's fun. Um, I enjoy it. I had this dream that I just wanted to get down in a book form and then I just kind of kept having other ideas pop up in my head. Um, and sometimes I think, you know, I could walk away from this and not write again and that would be that. But where's the fun in that? I enjoy doing it, so why not do it and make it a career, you know? Yeah. So that's why I find it fun. Cool. And I like making other people happy. Mm -hmm. To hear other people say, oh, I read your book and it was great. Um, it made me feel this. It made me feel that. It, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Okay. We have come to the quick fire round. Mm -hmm. Ten questions. Don't overthink. Quick as you can. I overthink everything. You can't ask <laughs> <that to you. laughs> Genuinely. Well, I am timing you. No, not really. Um, it's, it's fine. It, and it's fun. So just relax. Okay. Question one. Okay. I'll, well, I'll try. Okay. One. Bees or butterflies? Butterflies. Preferred trope, love triangle or soulmates? You can't do that to me. <laughs> um, soulmates. <laughs> Favourite hot drink? Hot chocolate. Fluffy socks or slippers? Slippers. Most inspiring season? Spring. The last book you read? Oh my god, I can't even remember. Uh, oh, um, The Chaos Circus by Renee Degan. TV series or movies? Oh, movies. First thing you'd do if you received a million pounds? <laughs> um, um, buy something nice for my parents oh. candles or fairy lights <laughs> fairy lights and in your garden flowers or food flowers and that's it that's 10 questions food well is for the shops oh that wasn't too bad <laughs> <laughs> so one bonus question where can our listeners find out all about you your formatting and your book and everything Sure. I have two websites. I have juliascottwrites.com, which is about my books. I have evenstarbooks.com, which is about the formatting um, and the course information will be on there shortly. Um, I'm also on Instagram at juliascottwrites and at evenstarbooks.juliascott. I'm on Facebook as well, but you just have to search for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Thank you so much for donating your time and having a chat with me today. Yeah, thank you very much. A huge thank you to Julia for donating her time. You can find out more details about the Mirror Souls, Even Star Books, and Julia's upcoming formatting course via the links in our show notes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Great Writers Share podcast. Tune in next week when Dan will be interviewing B.S. Holmes. Don't forget, you can catch up on our entire backlist of episodes, plus get all of the backstage access, our Slack channel, and even one-to-one -one coaching from Dan by joining our Patreon from as little as $1 a month. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash Share. Until next time. <laughs>